0: better sometimes I overmodulate, <laughs> and you hear you hear something that I uh, Satan we don't want you involved in this communication here Lord uh, has told me that we should talk about the hotel ministry it all started let me tell you in a hotel in 1898 in 1898 three men met at a hotel and it started, the two of them actually had to be in the same room because the hotel was in Wisconsin. They were having a lumber, lumbermen's conference, and these folks were all involved in the lumber business and construction. And this was in 1898, and just before the Spanish-American War in that era. And there was a lot of turmoil in the world, but I'm sure these lumbermen were weary, and they realized that they were both born-again Christians. Now, in the Midwest, uh, there was Moody, uh, Dwight Moody was in Chicago, and there was a lot of uh, revival in that time. And so these young men were experiencing the fruits of that revival, and they were saved. Lord uh, remembers how it started. They were in this hotel, and they said, you know, there's a lot of commotion going on here in this hotel. It wasn't a big one. It was in a town called Boscobo, West Wisconsin, which is... Toward the western, southwestern part of Wisconsin in the rural area. And they said, It would be great if we could continue to meet under these circumstances when we go to other cities and let us bring our Bibles because uh, one of them realized, unless we have our Bibles, we can't relate to the Word of God. So they always carry their Bibles with them. They continued to grow, and in 1899, they met in another Wisconsin town called Janesville, which is also in southwest. Uh, Wisconsin and in Janesville they were three or four folks and they decided they were in the YMCA which was a uh, um, already a young men's Christian association which is already starting in the United States started in England and, and so they said let's go to this Christian uh, community center and uh, even in Akron uh, our Gideons would go to the YMCA down by Summa hospital and we'd meet there in their chapel uh, on Saturday mornings until COVID, but we would use the Y. So that's what the uh, Gideons did there. And then this continued to grow and to grow. And as a matter of fact, uh, it got to the larger cities like Chicago, Louisville, Kentucky, uh, started to going up in the Minnesota and even the Midwest here and Washington, DC. And there was one of the early Gideons because Gideons are lay people. We were laymen. We're not, we're not pastors. We're not ordained. We are lay people from the different Protestant and evangelical churches. And so there was a layman in that town, and he turned out to be in Washington, D.C., um, went to a Presbyterian church, and he became the vice president of the United States. He was a military man. His name was Teddy Roosevelt. And Teddy Roosevelt was one of the first Gideons, one of the, maybe one of the first thousand or so Gideons. And he promoted it in, in the government. So government people started joining. And so we have Christian businessmen, uh, business owners, and government leaders. And they started to, all lay people, serve the Lord. And it all started because of this hotel ministry. So in 1908, this little history is in 1908, in that region in the, uh, near Iowa and Wisconsin, uh... the in in southern montana and southern south dakota again in the midwest these men said in 1908 let's start putting bibles in hotels and we need support because it costs money and we want to make sure they're free bibles and nobody none of the guests have to pay for them So we started putting in bibles and it was the churches the church ministries of that area the upper missouri river and mississippi river area that said let us get together with the Gideons the churches started to support us and we realize we all come from the churches Uh, in order to become a Gideon you need your pastor to approve you when you're called into the ministry because uh, we do believe that the shepherds our pastors our teachers are there to do God's work and to ordain uh, the, the people that are lay people to be God's ministers so we are lay ministers uh, if you've ever gone to a hotel and seen one of these, just raise your hand. I just want to uh, see how we're doing. Okay, so we have some travelers. And let me, let me say it's a blessing when I see that because I can share the word, uh, what we have. We found out that we were able to put the helps in the ministry here. And we have in helps, in times of need. And we have our symbol. And we sang, sang the chorus, thy word is a lamp unto our feet from the um, from the Actually, that's from Psalm 119 and uh, 105 verse. It's the longest psalm, but it always talks about the word and the lamp unto our feet. Our symbol comes from the book of Judges from Gideons. Because when the men were meeting in Wisconsin, they were reading the book of Judges, and they said, uh, let's, let's call each other Gideons. We're lay people. We're serving the Lord, and we're standing up for the word. Uh, if you recall from the book of Judges, when the Lord called Gideon uh, and brought him and his, he had men that were fighting men, and they, he, the Lord pared it down. If you read the story, you'll see how Gideon in his own flesh wanted to have more and more people coming, more and more soldiers from all over the uh, tribes of Israel. And the Lord said, no, Gideon, we're, And he, if you read this story, it, it's very, go to the book of Judges and read the book of uh, the section on Gideon's, um, uh, chapter six, chapter seven. You'll see how the Lord pared it down, saying you don't need that many people to go against the Amalekites. Those that are coming against you, there's going to be hundreds of thousands of these Amalekites coming from well Saudi Arabia, Dubai, that area. They're going to come up and raid Israel, and take your take what you have and turn it into spoils for them. And so the Lord told Gideon, you select three. 100 instead just just 300 so 100 per camp and uh, he had three camps and the Lord said get your trumpets your your shofars get your swords get your shields but also bring lamps and they were lamps with oil and that's why we have the oil lamps because that came from the book of Judges and, and Gideon so it is a lamp unto our feet and you can see when you read the book of Judges how the Lord used that the lamp because they, the Lord says, now, Gideon, take your men and attack from the three sides. Attack the Amalekites that are about to attack you. Go into the, uh, around their tents, surround them. And if you read that, it was early in the morning, maybe in the middle of the night they were preparing this, this counterattack. So the Lord said, now, Gideon, you blow the trumpet, throw these uh, lamps down so they'll be fire and and chaos, and really the Amalekites were killing each other because the Israelites were so believing in what the Lord told them, and they overcame the hundreds of thousands with just 300. What what is the meaning uh, behind that is that I am the Lord and I am with you. You don't need uh, in the flesh, you don't need thousands of men to fight if I'm with you. So that's the story of the Gideons. That's how we got this uh, Bible, and that's how we are. We are men of faith. We are men of action, too. Just as Lana said, we're passing out these scriptures wherever we can. And I will tell you another story. We are now 86% of our Bibles are going overseas. We have a story about the Philippines. We were over in the Philippines in 2016, and I think Ryan is going to try to show that video.
1: Gideon's missionaries came to Luzon and where my grandfather was situated in a town called Tanay. This Gideon's English New Testament uh, came into the hands of my grandfather and my grandmother and it was at that time that my grandfather had the 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 call of God to actually start a church in Tanay. All the boys in this family will become pastors. All five became pastors and missionaries and they had three girls one married a pastor and all eight children of my grandfather had uh, 15 boys including myself and my brother and we are all full-time in ministry right now they never thought that that God would move in our family in a special way that he would call us into full-time ministry so that one Gideon's Bible was used for my grandfather to start that one church so total of a, at least 600 churches have been planted four generations of preachers church planners and missionaries and pastors musicians church workers who would ever think that one gideon's bible would be able to have all these fruits after all these years
0: Let me say that that shows you what one Bible can do and at the uh, Joanne's pantry we're giving out those how do you know we don't know but the Holy Spirit knows how valuable that Bible will be and we have also the New Testaments who we're passing out I'll tell you my story I uh, grew up uh, with very minimal amount of uh, Bible study as a as a child Uh, My dad and my grandfather were a little bit against the organized churches because of things that happened, you know, to them when they were young, especially to my grandfather, who was a farmer. And he didn't always come to his church down in Stark County. Uh, He was an immigrant from the Austro-Hungarian Empire, and he didn't speak that well anyway. So he would try to find a church that where there would be Hungarian or Austrian uh, speaking, and he had very, very minimal to find those kind of churches. He found one in Canton, but he was from Alliance, which is uh, on the other side of Stark County from Canton. Well, he, he my grandmother, they had a wagon and horses. They didn't have a car. And uh, this was in the late ni- in 1918 in that ni- era. And my, there was a flu epidemic, which you've probably heard about, the Spanish flu epidemic. And I had an uncle who I never met because he died during the flu epidemic. Well, my grandfather went. He was one of the founders of this Hungarian, Austro-Hungarian church, but he hadn't been able to go there because of the length of uh, where, where it was. And so oftentimes he wouldn't make it there. And when they saw him come in, he, he said that the, he was bringing the casket of his son and they were going to, uh, wanted him, the son, to have a funeral at their uh, plot in, the, in that uh, church's cemetery and they refused my grandfather. They said, well, you haven't been attending. Uh, it's been a few, it's a couple years now. You haven't been attending, and uh, you haven't been tithing, so you're, we're not going to do it. So my grandfather said, if that's organized religion in this country, I don't want it. So he was always saying, don't go to church. We can learn uh, at home, and he would you know, bring the word of God through his own home, but he didn't have the church attendance that that probably he should have had because, the, you know, the book of Hebrews talks about, the writer of Hebrews says, you know, assemble together. Don't forsake that. So in a way, we had that problem in my growing up in the early 50s. Uh, but my mother uh, from Medina County, uh, my other grandfather, they're also Hungarian, and they started going to English-speaking churches, uh, a Methodist church there, pretty conservative. So uh, we did start going to church, but I was not yet born again. i just go to Sunday school, go, you know, you go home, but I did not know the Lord personally. And I think that's so important, and that's what the Gideons are trying to get people to know the Lord personally everyone, every uh, man and woman and boy and girl to accept Christ personally and, and to accept the fact that we're all sinners and we need a Savior, and that Savior is our Lord Jesus Christ who died on the cross. He's risen, sitting at the right hand of the Father, but he sent the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, to be with us to acknowledge the Lord Jesus Christ's work on the cross. And the Gideons are continually using that that story of the gospel and so when I was a little boy in Medina County, I would, went to the county fair with my aunt, my parents, and a Gideon, because at every county fair in most of the United States, we provide New Testaments. At the time, it was a green New Testament. And of course, I brought it home. I was, uh, you know, 12 years old. I probably wanted to go play sports with my brothers, and I threw that in a drawer, threw this little New Testament in a drawer. Didn't really read it it in a drawer but I knew it was there. So years later I got involved uh, in radio and television working. I went out west to the University of Missouri started uh, looking for radio and television uh, positions and I came back in my junior year and got an internship in Cleveland at two radio stations WDOK which is 102 uh, plays music and Wixy 1260 W-I-X-Y which was a Cleveland Station that played rock and roll. And so my life, and I was, you know, in my 20s, early 20s, my life was sinful. It was sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And it was just bad. You know, the, 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 the things that I would, I remember drinking with this group called the Almond Brothers Band from, uh, from Georgia. And the, the Almond Brothers were in this hotel, and we were sponsoring this concert. And they said, okay, you're going to hang out with our rhythm section and our, some of our band members, and then you take us to the concert later. So I was supposed to escort them to the concert. And at the time, I remember they said, all right, radio guy, we've got two bottles of tequila. You're gonna share this with us. And I remember drinking and it, it just, I was it, the worst drinking experience I've ever had. And that that was one of the shocking things when I, when I went Uh, I finally left that station. I just knew something was wrong, and I came back to the University of Akron. Uh, One of my high school buddies, uh, Don Boggs, who was a member of the Church of God in Anderson, Indiana, in Akron, in the uh, Wintergreen Ledges, and I think uh, Pastor Doug says his cousins used to attend here and uh, at various churches in town. And Don and I helped run the uh, station in Akron, the FM 88.1. We were doing jazz, and uh, it was the University of Akron station while we were in grad school there. And so Don Boggs and I worked there. And Don was already, I believe, uh, a born-again Christian. And I knew Don since we were kids, and I knew that uh, he would go to the Church of God, and he would be—he did really well. Now he's a—is like a professor, retired professor from the professor of communications at Anderson University and he's taught uh, different uh, radio and TV courses but that experience uh, led me when I was in grad school to uh, go home one day I was watching my parents home because they were out of town so I I uh, went there and, and to my parents home and I was flipping channels reading a, a book and all of a sudden I see this it was uh, I'll never forget the date, March 2nd, 1976, and what happened on that date? That's Mardi Gras. That's when uh, New Orleans, uh, the uh, French Quarter, starts to turn into sex, drugs, and rock and roll, and prostitution, and jazz, and, and I said, boy, this is so familiar. It was a Christian Broadcasting Network. Uh, Pat Robertson was the speaker on the television. He just passed away a couple of days ago, so I want to thank the Lord for him because he led me in a sinner's prayer on my knees, knowing that I was a sinner, and he said, and we were watching the evangelists on the streets of, he would go to the live to the streets of uh, New Orleans, I said, and I thought to myself, that seems familiar. I've never been to New Orleans, but I was in Cleveland, and I've seen a lot of that kind of stuff going on. So I remembered when Pat Robertson said, now, go find the Gospel of John and read the Gospel of John. He's going to talk to you about the Lord Jesus Christ, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And he's going to talk to you about salvation. And so I was looking for the Gospel of John. I, I remember I had a Bible from the Methodist Church given to me as a young boy, but I couldn't find my Bible. But I was at my parents' house. I remember there was a drawer that I put things that I wanted to save, and that's when I found this, a New Testament that I got to Medina County Fair. And I knew that I knew that uh, the Gideons were in my life. So later on, uh, at my church, the chapel in Akron, uh, I asked them to uh, be involved in this ministry. And my pastor uh, Newt Larson, at the time, he, he uh, signed me up and uh, uh, authorized and, and approved and ordained me to do this as a layman. And so that's my ministry. That's my uh, reason for being here. I wasn't saying I was perfect, I had ups and downs, and I fell and I came back, but the word always brought me back. There is maybe five more minutes and I wanna share this story. My wife was, uh, well, some of you are have heard of the Pittsburgh Steelers, What my wife was from Pittsburgh area, south of Pittsburgh, from a mining community, uh, Fayette County. And uh, interesting, she was a coal miner's daughter. And my father-in-law, uh, he was in World War II, and I was talking to Linda here, and she was telling me her dad got a uh, little New Testament in the service, and now we, we pass out uh, camouflage Bibles for our troops going overseas. Also, we have different colors. We have uh, jungle, jungle combat uh, uh, camel. But uh, Linda said her dad got one when he went over to fight the Germans, and my father-in-law got one when he went to fight the Japanese and it's so important because there are many men that accepted Christ because they were given one of these when they were inducted into the service, the armed services of the United States. In, in a sense, that's a miracle because um, the chaplains uh, were approached by the Gideons, our Gideons International, and they said, we would like to see every service member, men and women, get a New Testament to put in their packs when they, when they go overseas. At first there was... Uh, No, we don't want to do that. That doesn't seem right, Uh, separation of church and state. But President Franklin Delano Roosevelt, whose wife's, uh, Eleanor's cousin was a a Gideon, Teddy Roosevelt, he said, no, I want that to happen. So in 1940, that was ordained by the President of the United States, but it was really the Holy Spirit that entered into his heart and, and, and said, do that. How do we know how many young soldiers... Uh, men and women, Marines, uh, Air, Air Corpsmen, uh, Coast Guard women and men. How do we know how many in the Navy were able to, just like that, uh, what we saw in the Philippines, made an impact in their life, made an impact in their life? And I'm going to close with saying that we are going overseas quite a bit now. 86%, as I said earlier, of our scriptures are going overseas. We still give them out at the uh, universities, uh, University of Akron, uh, Kent State University here, uh, Ohio State, and many across the country. But there is only between 275,000 Gideons and and our wives that help us. The wives are our auxiliary, and they they also provide uh, areas where they pass scriptures out. So it's important. We're sending these overseas. There's a story about a coal miner's daughter When I first started in the Gideons in 2007, uh, we passed out these New Testaments in South America, Nuevo Testamento, with Salmos and Proverbs, and it is the uh, Gideon's New Testament in Spanish. And we were passing these out in South America near Colombia in the community of, uh, it would have been East of Bogota. And... uh, you know, I think of uh, Columbia now as drug, uh, drug lords and uh, problems, but they did have mining. They had coal mining and gold mining. And so this young lady uh, was given a New Testament on the streets going to her Catholic school. She was given a New Testament. And uh, she was glad because it was just like that young man up there. His family, she knew it would impact her family, maybe it would help because she was told by the Gideons that this is the word of life. This is tell you about Jesus. It's a story of Christmas and Easter. It's right in this New Testament. And she took it to her father, and her father was raised Roman Catholic, which is very—they're very severe about, you know, we don't want Protestant or evangelical Bibles in our home. So the father took that Bible, took it away from her, and she was starting to cry because it was a gift. And uh, that little girl uh, went to school, and she was sad. Her dad got in a, uh, uh, the truck, then they, they went through that journey, and they got in the mine, and true story, that mine uh, collapsed, and that dad was going to die. It was, it was well known, and I read the news article, uh, hundreds of men died, and he opened that little New Testament, and he saw in the back the plan of salvation. He had a few men with him, too, in his crew, and before he died, he signed the fact that he accepted Jesus Christ as a Savior. And he had all the men with him sign it. So when they exhumed the bodies, this was found on him, which he had put in his lunchbox, and he didn't, and the daughter didn't know where he hid it. Well, she was crying, and then they were they told her that her dad accepted Christ. And every time I hear that story, I think of my wife, it could have been her dad. Uh, who had a New Testament from the service, but not everybody gets that opportunity. And they reject Jesus Christ. So that's where Gideons are here in the community. That's why we thank you. And that's why I got our recent, most recent uh, magazine, the Gideons magazine, comes to us every other month. And it says we have now passed out since 1908 when we started doing the, Bible and uh, scripture passouts. Two and a half billion scriptures have been passed out. So we just we're not the only, we're not, we're not the only uh, ministry. We're not the only ministry, and uh, but that, that does that. But I, I just say that we we're trying to be where God wants us to be, and He's sending us overseas. And I'd like to just close in prayer here. Uh, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for allowing. First Church of Talmadge to be a part of our our lives, Lord, and um, helping uh, our Gideons uh, pray and supporting us. And it's in the bulletin, Lord, in the the QR code bulletin. uh, You can become a friend of Gideon. You can participate. And Pastor Doug, and if anybody uh, that you feel would be interested in in actually becoming a Gideon and and scripture uh, distributor, Please let us know. And thank you very much. In Jesus' name, amen.